Hello and welcome to In Unison. I'm Zane Fiala. And I'm Giacomo G. Gregoli. And this is our podcast all about new choral music and the composers, conductors, choristers, and administrators who bring it to life. Let's start the show! Hello, and welcome to this mini-season of In Unison. For the next several episodes, we're partnering with Chorus America to bring you a sneak preview of what's coming up at the Chorus America Annual Conference being held this year in our hometown of San Francisco. We hope you'll enjoy this opportunity to get to know a bit more about the conference's speakers and their areas of expertise, and especially to get to know these folks on a personal level. We hope to see you in San Francisco for the Chorus America Conference, May 31st through June 2nd, 2023. More information is available at chorusamerica.org. And now, on to the show. On this episode, we're chatting with conductor, singer, vocal activist, and Bay Area native Melanie Damore about all sorts of things, but most importantly, about her core belief that one of the most important ways we can learn about each other is by singing each other's songs. Melanie has done a ton of work with children, inspiring them early in life. So let's start off by listening to Ache Okwa, a song performed in the African tradition of call and response with drums and choir in celebration of Kwanzaa. Yeah. 
Joining us today on In Unison is Melanie Damore, a three-time Grammy-nominated singer and composer, a choral conductor, music director, and vocal activist. Melanie is a featured presenter of Speak Out, the Institute for Social and Cultural Change. She is the master teaching artist for music at UC Berkeley Cal Performances and was a founding member of the Grammy-nominated ensemble Linda Tillery and the Cultural Heritage Choir. Melanie is also a charter member of Kate Munger's Threshold Choirs, and she conducts song circles with an emphasis on the voice as a vessel for Today, we'll be chatting a bit about Melanie's plenary session at Chorus America in June, titled Seeing Each Other Through Song, just enough to get our audience primed. But really, we hope to get to know Melanie just a little bit better. So, Giacomo, why don't you kick things off with a little icebreaker? Huzzah! Welcome, Melanie. It's great to have you here. Uh, here's a little icebreaker for you, especially as a, a, a local living in Oakland, and we're going to have a bunch of guests coming and visiting us for this uh, Chorus America conference. So Zane and I are both foodies. We love great food. Is there a favorite restaurant in Oakland or the Bay Area that you recommend for folks who are visiting the Bay Area for the conference? Well, I happen to like, it's, it's a little place right on Lakeshore, that's called Proposition Chicken. I love I love Prop Chicken because I'm paleo, so they have gluten free, made with tapioca flour. The chicken is bad to the bone. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and so I'll go there, and then right next door to Pete's Coffee, which is really the only coffee on the planet. Just saying. Okay, as she holds her coffee cup up for us mm-hmm. to see. <laughs> That's fantastic. And since we got some folks visiting from out of town, most likely for the conference, I'm wondering maybe if you could uh, name one of your, one or two of your favorite things to do in the Bay Area or something that you might recommend that folks visiting from out of town should definitely check out while they're here visiting. I love to, t- I love to take a walk through Jack London Square in, in, uh, in Oakland, it's right along the water. It's it's free. It doesn't cost anything. There's a lot of wonderful places to eat there, and um, also, if you get a chance, go to the Oakland Museum. They have mm. that's where the permanent uh, uh, exhibit for the Black Panthers is because the Black Panthers were founded in Oakland, California. There's also a wonderful exhibit about somebody who I am very privileged to know and to. Uh, is Angela Davis. So they have a wonderful exhibit about Angela Davis there. Just saying, it's a great museum. And it, and because Oakland is considered one of the most ethnically and culturally diverse cities in the U.S., there's a little bit of everything. And when you go into that museum, you get a real sense of that. 
Amazing. And by the way, for those folks who are staying uh, in downtown San Francisco or around there for the conference, super easy to get over to the East Bay, super easy to get to Oakland, very accessible by the BART. Just ask anyone around. We'll it's very Google will give you directions right there. Mm-hmm. Not hard to get to at all. Super accessible. Yeah, I I think the East Bay doesn't get enough love. I, Oakland yeah. is such a wonderful place. I, we were talking before we started recording. You know, my wife and I got together in Oakland in the East Bay, and we have this special place in our heart for it. And it's just a it's just a great place that people need to get over that bridge, or at least under that bay, and check it yeah. out more often for sure. Absolutely, there's so much, so many incredible things happening here, and it's an activist organization. People forget that Oakland was the second line for the Occupy movement. Mm. Yeah. There was New it was New York and it was Oakland. Amen. Amen. So we want to get to know you just a little bit better, Melanie. And and at the Chorus America conference, you're going to be leading this session on uh, being human and connecting with each other through song. So we thought we'd ask you a few questions about your inspirations on this topic and what makes you such a sought-after choral leader, speaker, and musical facilitator. So we're going to do this session that we've been doing. We're going to call it The Chorister Who. And this uh, involves you telling us about the choral leader, choir, composer, singer, or administrator that fills in the blanks for each of the next questions. So Giacomo, I'll take turns. We'll throw questions at you. Giacomo, why don't you go first? So Melanie, tell us, who is the choral leader who inspired you first to be involved with choral music and singing? Um, Well, it's it's interesting. When I was very, very young, my my mother and father, uh, we were, my father, they joined the army to get us out of the South Bronx. Mother and father were brilliant singers. My mom was one of the first black women offered a vocal scholarship to Juilliard in the 40s. She did not take it. I'm just like her. She didn't want anybody to tell her when, where, how, or what to sing. She just wanted to sing. I'm exactly like her. So frustrated all of my professors in music school and everything. They wanted me to do one thing. I said, I'm paying for this. I should get to do what I want to do. I am my mother's daughter. But they um, were part of when we lived in Alaska, whole other thing, when we lived in Alaska, was part of the Alaska Opera Chorus. And they took me to their rehearsals. And one of the first conductors that I got to see, their guest conductor, was Robert Shaw. Wow. And I was a little kid and I thought, huh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> and so that kind of, and they sang in choirs all the time. So I was always exposed to that and every different kind of music. But that was, you know, my mom said, you should pay attention. She also said this to me another time, took me to rehearsal. She said, you see that woman right there? I said, yeah, I'm like 10, you know, and you know how kids are. Eh, well, okay. (laughs) And I said, yeah, well, so mama, who is that? And she said, that person is really important. And I said, well, who is it? She said, Marian Anderson. Okay. (laughs) Well, And, you know, I'm a kid like, okay. And then later I went, Marian Anderson. Wow. Yeah. Seriously. Oh, my God. So that kind of influence, uh, you know, that influenced my whole way of, of, of approaching music. And my parents were really, really uh, instrumental in that. They did. They started one of the first black theater companies, Alaska, in the 60s. Um, my mother would do things like one day she came to me and she said, look, at, I want you to listen to this. I think you'll really like it. And it was a Simon and Garfunkel album. Mm. You know, so I'm like, OK, mom. I was just teaching myself to play guitar, and she said, I think you'll like this. Listen to it. 
Yeah, I love diversity and musical exposure. I do the same with my my daughter. She's six, and I don't just play kids' music for her. I play everything. She listens to The Roots. You know, she listens to just about anything I like to listen to. I play it for her because I think that that diversity and exposure at a young age is important because it'll influence where she goes uh, musically in the future. She's also a natural. She's also a bit of a natural. Yeah, she's a natural born leader. Like she sees daddy conducting whenever she comes to rehearsal. She's this is she's not singing along. She's up there and conducting. It's great. She has her own baton. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And listen, Zane, the the last. uh, Grammy that I was part of that got nominated was a children's album mm. that's all songs written by black songwriters. Oh, and it's amazing. called All One Tribe Collective. Check it out. I'm I'm searching it yeah. now. All One Tribe Collective. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have a lot of show notes for this episode, Chakmo. <laughs> okay, the next question for you, Melanie, is Please tell us about the choir and or choral leader that most inspires the choral work you do today. Who does it right? Wow, there are a lot of really wonderful conductors. One of my favorite conductors that I've ever had the pleasure of working with was Maria Gunan. Hmm. Maria Gunan, are you not familiar? Maria Gunan, she is she is like the the mother conductor from uh, uh, Venezuela. Ah. Maria Gunan, she is unbelievable. Um, and her husband, Alberto Grau, is like the father composer. That's, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm familiar with Alberto Grau. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is, he is, they're both very dear to me. And, uh, and working with, uh, with, um, Alberto, also, Rosephany Hall is, mm-hmm. that sister's bad to the bone, let me tell you. And we were, we got to be with each other because we both just uh, were the conductors for the Minnesota All-State Choir. I, I was the conductor for the mixed choir. Mm. And she was the conductor for the women's choir. And she's, she's just, besides being a badass composer, she's a wonderful wonderful to watch there's a lot of great conductors out there we are so blessed in the choral world and i've had the privilege of working in every province in canada so i've worked with all kinds of conductors and i've been in canada from the yukon to newfoundland all across and gotten to work with some wonderful people scott uh, leland who is a conductor of um coco pele it's mm. uh, a wonderful, wonderful conductor. Yeah, there's some great stuff out there. Are there any like commonalities or traits of these folks just across them that really is the thing that inspires you about them? Well, they have a, a great, a great deal of passion, but also a lot of them are very culturally specific. Mm. So, oh, and also one another one, uh, 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 Brainerd Blyton Taylor, who I love. He is the conductor of um, the Nathaniel Dett Chorale in Toronto. Amazing, amazing uh, conductor. And they they only do music from the African diaspora. Okay. And Nathaniel Dett, of course, was an Afro-Canadian composer. So that's called the Nathaniel Dett. And I love the way that that that, that he conducts. And with uh, Maria Gunan, she she's just so 
rooted in who in who she is and the music of her country and all of that. And so no matter what it is that they're singing, and I mean, you know, there are conductors like, you know, um, I love this guy. Um, he's not a choral conductor, but he he certainly could be. Um, Gustavo Dudamel. I happened, I was very fortunate as the um teaching artist to be on a panel with him and uh with with Dudamel and with um Jose Antonio Abreu, who founded the whole El Sistema thing. I mean, it was just incredible. And the thing about these kind of conductors that's so exciting to me is that when you see, like if you see the Simone Boulevard Orchestra and you see them, what's different than, say, watching some of these other brilliant things is that they're not, when they're not playing, they're not just waiting until it's their turn. They're so involved in what is happening in the music that you can tell that they are 100% present. present. They're not, they not marking time. And so as a person who's listening, and when you see choirs like that, where we, and, and you can tell that they are actively involved and they're not counting measures, they are singing the music from the inside out. That is exciting. That's what's exciting about watching Maria Dunant's choir. They're so present. They're so present that they are, they are experiencing the music coming through their pores. Which means that as a person who is there listening, you're going, I don't know what's happening here, but I am really glad that I'm here. You know, think about how many concerts you've gone to where everybody looks great. They sound good. Everybody, I mean, you know, spit and polish. Everybody's good. They're all their folders are just right. And you should you could be at home in your underwear mm-hmm. because you feel nothing. Yeah. So yeah. those t- the the conductors that can bring that out and make and draw me into the music. That is why we, people say well, we don't want to get in the way in the music. I'm like, what are you talking about? Come on, <laughs> you know. But we're doing Bach's B minor bass, and I say, can can I remind you that Bach had twenty children? He was a living person. <laughs> you know, he was a living person. Okay, so it's important that we. So when 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 I'm listening to music and I'm watching a choir and I and I'm listening to this and I feel that they are all in, I'm all in. Yeah, agreed. I'm not, now I'm turning I'm turning all that over in my head. <laughs> it's so funny we take that music, you know, Bach and Mozart and this older music. We were just talking about this yesterday in a different uh, conversation and. And we like put it up on a pedestal and put it inside its little glass cloche and we try to protect it as this pristine moment of perfection in choral history or musical history. And and we forget that at the time it was just real people making real music just like we are now. And I'd much yeah. I'd always much rather have a honest and intimate performance or a heartfelt performance as opposed to something that's pristine and polished and lacks that personality and human connection. Yeah, because that's it. I mean, it comes, all of that music comes out of a human experience. And we and we tend to um, take that away. We sanitize it, really. You know, we, we have this thing about not wanting grit and, and all those other things. And in all, all my years of working with choirs, and I... I I have a piece that I wrote that I did with uh, Vocal Essence with Philip Brunel, and I've done it with the Washington Chorus. And and it's a stick-pounding piece Mm -hmm. um, called Freedom Land. So it's a stick-pounding piece, and the way that it works, it's it's a journey on the Underground Railroad. 
And so everybody learns or they have to make the sticks and pound and learn all the music. But there's absolutely no form as 16 measures and then you come in here. So for a lot of people in formal call situations, that is terrifying to them. And I have a policy that if I do a concert, if I do this piece with you and we're doing all of this, that the only paper should be the program. Ah. I cannot tell you how that is my religion. And I have been trying. Like, you don't know how many concerts we We're, you know, they're all the choirs that I sing with, including the Mm -hmm. SF Symphony. Mm -hmm. They got their books. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. usually pretty good at being out of their books, Mm -hmm. but it is such a barrier Mm -hmm. to connecting to people when you perform. I can't see your face. I can't see your expression. Well, part of the problem is that you have to be conscious of the fact that if you have your folder in front of you, if you are not consciously radiating your heart energy through that, it stops right with that book, mm. which mm-hmm. means that the listener is only having a two-dimensional experience. Mm. And so I think that it's if, if, if that's what you got, you need to consciously think about radiating your intention past that book. Yeah, and that, that's, what, that's what happens. So... I, I feel you, but that's my thing with this. And so I've had some some choristers just, they're like, but when will he come in? I said, you'll know. Mm-hmm. Everything that you need, you already know. But you have to be 100% present and we'll go on this journey together. You don't have to worry about when to come in because I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, look. I said, if Harriet Tubman had gone the same way every time, they'd have caught her the first time. (laughs) I mean, you know, so it's a journey. It's like it's not prescribed that we're going to do. We're going to do this 16 measures and then blah. We're not doing that because that's not what we're doing. So that's part of my way of of doing these kinds of things. So talking about that grit in performance and that passion, Mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned it, what is and I know you're also um, involved with the Threshold Choir, which I think mm-hmm. is one of one of the most beautiful organizations. Um, maybe mm-hmm. you could tell us about that in a moment. But um, tell us a little bit about a piece of music that you have found um, particularly challenging to perform for whatever reason. Well, you know, it's mostly um, some things that I write, um, and because I'm, I have. A, and interesting, a lot of conductors will bring me to work with their choirs to shake them up. Mm. And they'll just go, sure, shake them up. <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of times, I mean, I'm very rhythmic, but also it's very, very passionate an idea of singing from the inside out. And so many people have a difficult time with that because they are confined by the page and the paper. Um, I have a a workshop that I do called From the Page to the Stage. And what happens is that a choir at a a festival or something volunteers, and they come in, and then it's open, and they sing for me. And then I go take them through a whole thing about, you know, they have to be brave, and their conductor has to be brave, and I just go through and listen to them and tweak and do all that stuff. And I was working at this festival in Canada, and it was a women's choir, just Beautiful. And they were singing a, a piece by a Canadian composer. Gorgeous piece. And so they sang it. And then uh, I and the conductor was there. Beautiful. Everything. I had her sit down. Just sit down. I had them. I said, how, may, how long have you been working on this piece? They said a year. I said, OK, so you know this piece. Put 
the paper down. Okay. And they're like, and and it was a very, it was a very like a, a, one of those, those sea shanty kind of lamenty, beautiful, beautiful things. And I said, you all know this. I have the conductor sit down. And I had, what is this piece really about? And the blah, 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 I said, no, what is this piece really about? And so then I said, now, if it's about that, you're all singing it together. Sing it together. Look at each other. Sing it as if you're talking to each other. By the end of it, and the conductor, she, you know, she, conductors, you know, our hands automatically go up. It's a thing. <laughs> and I would, and I very gently put my hand on her hand. Don't conduct them. And they sang this song and they were crying. And the people, people that were listening were like, oh, I said, that is the music, not this. You know, and a thing, I have a thing, just because you can read the notes doesn't mean you necessarily can sing the music. I mean, when, and that's, the, that's the, the whole thing. It's why I don't have people, uh, even if I'm going to teach something really, really in, in, uh, difficult, the first time we do it, we don't look at the music. I just say, sing this, you know, sing this. And then a lot of times when you give people, you know, the physical music after we've done that, and they'll go, my God, what is that? I said, you just sang it. That's it. Because that barrier comes up. You look at it and, and your mind goes, Arr? but if you just, if you, if you, we absorb music naturally. I mean, the first way that we, that we learn to sing and in every culture was not this, was not paper. You sat up under somebody, they sang to you. And you sang with them. And you learned it organically. <clears throat> and it's, it's an, I mean, I love being able to read. But a lot of us, we get away from that communal, connected thing of singing and creating something beautiful together. Or how did we learn? Yeah, my daughter, yeah. she starts picking up music and I'm just always not picking up physical music, but yeah. like picking it up with her brain with mm -hmm. just one listen. I'm always yeah. amazed that she'll start singing a song. And where did you hear that? It was just something that played <laughs> randomly on a playlist mm -hmm. 45 minutes ago. And she or just it was, or it was some line that the tenors in IOC couldn't figure mm -hmm. out because it was rhythmically oh, yeah, impossible. Right. And we've been struggling forever. And she's like, Oh, it's just this. Yeah. Well, she just that's sang true. it. You know, I, I conducted the Oakland community children's choir for nine years. Mm. And I uh, I wrote most of their music. And my my pianist, who was he was also the pianist for the uh, Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, which mm -hmm. is a badass choir oh, yes. under the direction of Terrence Kelly here in the Bay Area. Um, and uh, he'd say, well, don't you think that's too hard? I said, only if I tell him. Right. But if I say, OK, babies, I want you to sing this. OK, Miss Manny. And then they'll just sing it. And I mean, and I, because I, I wrote a lot of music for them because a lot of music for kids is stupid. They treat kids like they ain't got a brain, you know, it's so okay. condescending and all of that stuff. And um, so I wrote them some stuff that was funky and cool. I wrote a little merengue piece for them one time that, you know, because they asked, one of them said, Miss Melanie, when I grow up, I want, I'm like, baby, what are you waiting on? <laughs> 
Tara to my son because we don't have to wait till we grow up, gang, 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 to make a better world, gang, 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 gang. So listen up, and have you heard? We don't have to wait to be great. No, 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 we don't have to wait, gang, to be great. We don't have to wait to be great. Ganky, ganky, ganky. Oh, yeah, much. We don't have to wait. We yeah, you know. You know, and if, and if you, you know, if you said, okay, now this is kind of hard, but if you just sang it, they can get that, you know. Um, yeah. Melanie, I think you just made my rehearsal tonight a lot more interesting. <laughs> I know Zane is feverishly taking I notes. I am fully expecting all of this to bleed into rehearsal tonight. So uh, maybe we can segue a little bit here. Um, uh, Melanie, maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, or give us a little bit of a teaser. I feel like just having a conversation with you, we kind of already, you're, you exude what your session is going to be about, mm-hmm. which is seeing each other through song. Mm-hmm. But maybe you can give us a little bit of a teaser about what we can expect to learn at your Chorus America session. Well, first of all, there will be singing. Deal with that. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Yeah. There will it's be, called there Chorus will be America, after all. <laughs> yeah. There will be singing. I mean, I'm not just going to be flapping my lips at you. We'll be singing together because that's the whole point. And and just just in a little bit of a nutshell, there is a huge movement right now in this country and actually across the choral music world about only singing songs from your own culture. Poison, wrong. Let's talk about that. That's basically what we're going to be talking about. Beautiful. The importance of how important it is for us to have each other's songs within our mouths and in our hearts. Okay? That's what I'll be talking about. I love that. I love it. What's maybe... Um... You, you, you've you only got so much time to talk with folks, so maybe what's a tidbit that won't make it into the session, but you didn't wish you oh. have to edit, or maybe some behind-the-scenes knowledge that... I have no idea, honey, because <laughs> I, never write, I don't write down any of these things. That's the best way to do it. It's like, it. the moments are the moments. And I think that that's why I have a, a policy, and I think this is really an important thing, that in every concert that I participate in, I have a section... It's called And the People Could Sing. I always have a place where the audience can sing. It's like the audience is a fifth section. S-A-T-B, audience. They should be a part of it, of the music making. And for me, you know, I do a lot of, I lead a lot of community things. And folks say to me, what, what, I have to do to, what I have to do to be a part of it? I said, are you breathing? <laughs> if you're breathing, I, leave the rest of me. You're good. There's too many things that keep us separate from each other. And especially in this world that we're living in right now. And that's why I'm looking forward to talking to the choristers because music is the one thing that can connect everybody everywhere. Mm-hmm. Choral music in particular, mm-hmm. I feel like. Anything, the- that's it. Yeah. I mean, think global, act local. What's more local than joining your community choir and getting to know mm-hmm. your neighbors and the people who mm-hmm. are right next to you and mm-hmm. singing with them? You, exactly. can't, you can't make music with people you don't like. Yeah. You literally just can't. And I then, don't. not only that, but it's, it's being able to make the music opens up those doors for you to be able to connect and like people that you might not think you would like. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a t- uh, two-way thing there, you know? When it comes to singing the music of other folks of other mm-hmm. cultures mm-hmm. um do you have some 
hit pointers, some uh, tips for the best way to go about like embodying and understanding that other culture's well, music before bringing oh, it, absolutely. it out into the world? Absolutely. Sit up under somebody that that's where they live. Mm. You know, it's again, it goes back to just because you can read the notes doesn't mean you can do the music. So it's it's a matter of when I was conducting uh, the Bay Area um, Lesbian Choral Ensemble years ago in San Francisco, um, some of my women wanted to do music from um, Eastern Europe. I said, do I look like I'm from Ukraine? No. And so I went to Bon Brown, who was the conductor for Kitka. Mm-hmm. One of the most extraordinary. We love Kitka. Yeah. Huge They're fans. Extraordinary. And uh, um, Shira and all of them are very dear to me. And when I was with Linda Tillery in the Cultural Heritage Choir, we toured with Kitka. Mm. I called it Afro-Ukrainian music. It was fabulous. But um, um, I, because I thought, yeah, I can read all of this, but let me get somebody that this is where they live. And then I can learn from them to do it in a way that is respectful. And it's important here, here's something that's really important, and I'll probably talk about this in my talk, is that your singers must see themselves in every piece of music that they sing. If they're not connected in that way, you need to talk about it. Because I think that if you, you cannot sing a song from another culture without understanding your connection as a human being to that piece of music. Because every culture in the world has songs that, that, that bring us together, that teach you how to be a, a good person and all these other things. And I used to do a song map thing with my students sometimes. Like I'd have one kid say, oh, my grandma sings this song. And then I have another kid go, oh, my grandma sings a song that's kind of like this. And so you can see this song map and those connections. Because every, every culture has songs that speak to the same things. And so it's important that your singers see themselves in the music that they sing. I think it's really, really important. Because then it's it's so much more authentic and there's so much more involved. And you actually, we think, oh, we don't have time to talk about this. That's not true. Take time. Yeah. So much of the of the issues that folks have with certain certain musics is is surface level. It's superficial. And when you did And that's how, it. Yeah, when you dig down into it, it the, underlying all of that is a, a thread of humanity that's, that exactly. is universal. Because that's what it is, is that it's, it's, these songs in every culture are about what it means and what you need to do in order to be a human being and connected to your community. Every culture has those. Yeah. So I know I am excited to come to your session. I can't wait for it. But uh, if anybody has any hesitation out there or is concerned, who should come to your session? Everybody. <laughs> Baby, Every- that my my part of my work too, and I think this is a um is really important that our job, and this is the thing that we can do as 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 singers and as choristers, is make sure that there is a place for everybody at the table. Hmm. And the thing is, is that there cannot be any rules. You just have to be breathing. And our job is to make sure there's a seat for them. Their job is to sit their behinds down in the seat. And so when we have, if we, we want our concerts or whatever it is, people, I don't think about um, 
when I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing, I don't think of it as performance. I think of it as just kind of we're being and we're it's an exchange. Hmm. Exchange. We're exchanging, we're exchanging energy and food and nourishment for each other. That's what I think about song as food and nourishment. And so there are a lot of things out there that give you empty calories. A lot of empty calories. And so <laughs> We we have the opportunity to make spaces to where people can come and get nourishment and fed. But it has to be reciprocal. That's why people get to sing. So we, we feed each other. So that's how I roll. Come on, everybody. Come on, do the thing. We're going to have a good time. There will be joy and jubilation and depth and life. Beautiful. What a what a perfect little little uh, soundbite right there! I love that. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, aside from coming to see you at uh, and seeing your session at the Course America conference, uh, maybe in in closing here, we can ask you a couple of things. Where can folks find you online if they're interested in learning more about you before they come and see you at the conference? They can Google me because I'm there, and something weird is going on with my website that I have to deal with them. But uh, <laughs> I'm I'm out there. And um, that's how you can find out about me. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. And, you know, it's um, the first time that I was at Chorus America was the last time it was in San Francisco. And um, and so I did the, like those 15 minute morning warm ups, which is how it all started. People were like, oh, she's interesting. That's how that, you know. But one of the things that I was looking through the program and you, they give an award in honor of Louis Bato. Mm-hmm. Louis and I went to college together. Hey, yeah, he, we went to we went to Incarnate Word College in San Antonio, Texas. We were in the music department together, and I was like Louis Bato, you know. And this was when I got here to the Bay Area. It was before he he passed away, and we kept paying phone tag, and we never actually got to talk to each other. Mm. But we hung out all the time in in college together. And I, I remember uh, Louis was, um, he had this dream of opening a vegetarian restaurant. Now, this is in the 70s. And so he would come to me and Rob with his recipes. And we tasted something. We said, Louis, honey, this is terrible. <laughs> I said, baby, I said, you know, Louis, keep singing. Because <laughs> this ain't your thing. <laughs> and he would make this stuff and we would look like, no, no, Louis. And you know, he was always skinny anyway, but he would be like this pasty gray color. So, man, you got to eat something because this ain't doing it. I said, Louis, keep singing, baby. Just keep singing. You're really good at that. <laughs> and then he went on, of course, to make, to, to start a whole thing and Chanticleer and a whole way of people of singing together. Oh, yeah. I mean, Joe Jennings was part of that as well. Yeah. And all those folks who came after, especially. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I was so excited to see his name there. And I thought, Louis Bado, my college friend. Yeah. What a sweet guy. It makes me happy that they give a, a, a you know, an award in his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Giacomo? I think this has been incredible. I you've you've energized me and excited me for this conference, especially to see your session and all the other speakers and all the other folks, but also just to get to know all the people who are out there. Mm-hmm. So everybody who's listening, come on down, come check out the conference, come meet some folks, come have some good food, mm-hmm. check out all the recommendations that we've uh, mentioned, and I'm excited to get to meet you in person. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Likewise. It's over, fellas. Come on now. Let's go. Yep. Yep. It's all downhill from here. Hey. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, yeah, this has been fantastic, Melanie. We're very excited to to meet you in person, to hear your session at the conference, of course, but also just to chat with you here. And as we talked about before we started recording, we will absolutely be having you back on In Unison to talk more deeply about some of the things that you're passionate about, because I think you're very fascinating and uh, uh, everyone thank can you, learn Tyler. a lot from, from you and your perspective on life and music, for sure. Thank you very much, both of you. I look forward to seeing you and squeezing the stuffing out of you. Yes! <laughs> Cannot wait. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. We're going to wrap up this episode with a song from Melanie's graceful and elegant solo recording, In the Mother House. From that album, this is Sending You Light. I'm sending you light To heal you To hold you I am sending you light To hold you in love No matter where you go no matter where you've been You'll never walk alone I feel you deep within I am sending you light To heal you To hold you I am sending you No matter what you feel or what you choose to show, I'm always there for you, and so I want you to know I am sending you light to heal you, to hold you. I am sending you light. I walk the path with you, go slow, dear one, don't hurry, I'll go just like you need to go, there is no need to worry, I am sending you Thank you.
for listening to this week's episode of the In Unison Podcast. Be sure to check out episode extras and subscribe at inunisonpodcast.com. You can follow us on all social media at inunisonpod. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know what you think. Encore programmed by Chorus Dolores, who thinks, oh, what the heck? Why not just one more? In Unison is produced and recorded by Mission Orange Studios. Our transcripts have been diligently edited by IOCSF member and friend of the pod, Fausto Daus. And our theme music is Mr. Puffy, written by Avi Bortnik, arranged by Paul Kim, and performed by the Danish vocal jazz ensemble Dynamic on their debut album, This Is Dynamic. Special thanks to Paul Kim for permission. Please be sure to check them out at www.dynamicjazz.dk.